When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, No Bad Dog Army, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening every single week, making this the top dog training podcast there is, so you guys are the best. Um, This is a good podcast with uh, just an individual working on uh, the behaviors of a German Shepherd becoming a little out of control. And so we talk about, uh, again, tool selection, what to do, what not to do. There's some things in this, there's some things in this uh, episode that I say that I haven't really said before, which makes it really nice because I think it clicks for the owner uh, a little bit better. And so hopefully it clicks for you guys. And it's just some more information to continue to help you guys out at home. If you have a reactive dog and you feel like you've tried everything or you're doing everything you can, this is a good uh, podcast to kind of proof through those options and really make sure you're making the right decisions and you're using the the right tools and you're using the right tools properly. So we're going to get into that podcast, but before we do, I am doing an awesome giveaway. Me coming to your house, if you want me to train with your dog or you want to win an opportunity for me to train with your dog at your house, this is a great opportunity for that. Um, So right now we are doing, in the No Bad Dog Members Club, we are doing a uh, a giveaway. First prize, first prize winner is me flying to you and your to you and your house, working with you and your dog for a day at your house, which would be a lot of fun. Second place prize winner gets a signed uh, dog tread, no bad dog remote collar, and third place prize winner gets a merch signed bundle box, which includes a leash, a hat, and a garment of your choice which is really exciting as well. We're going to pick a winner at the end of May, at the end, the last day in May and at the last day of June. Um, and those winners will be announced, of course, on the club. And all you guys have to do to enter to win is join the all-access tier of the No Bad Dog Members Club. And that's it. So that's exciting. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to listen to the end because I'm going to be answering your listeners, you guys, your dog training questions. So what's so, going on? Talk to me. Well... We have a dog that uh, <laughs> we haven't been able to figure out. All right. Um, she came to us. We've had her over a year. She came to us from uh, Missouri German Shepherd Rescue. This was the third dog we'd gotten from them. Um, she's young. We don't know. She's one to three years old. Um, so she's German Shepherd. Yeah. Okay. Purebred. She's a beautiful dog. Um, and uh, she loves people. Um, That's good. Yeah, she's very affectionate when she knows somebody's safe. Um, from what we can tell, she has had little or no socialization with other dogs. Um, she was picked up. We know she was picked up off the street by the, um, animal control Mm. and they turned her over to Moggs. And that's, Um, and that's where you guys got her after that? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Um, the biggest issue with her is that, um, she's very aggressive, fearful around other dogs. Um, okay. And the other dog doesn't have to do anything. 
Okay. Um, the video I sent, I sent over a video yesterday. Um, it's very typical. There's a, a dog across the street um, who's a very sweet dog. He's a snickerdoodle or whatever you call him. Um, he uh, he's very timid, you know. And we last summer I did um, attempted to walk pistol with this other dog and and her her owner, his owner. And uh, I put a muzzle on her, so because at that point she was still relatively new, and uh, she never settled down and walked reasonably with the other dog. And then the dog actually belongs to the son of the people across the street, so um, she hadn't seen the dog in quite a while. And then last Thanksgiving, uh, Margaret and the dog came up the hill near where we live and she was the first time she'd seen the dog since we attempted this walking together in the summer and she went bonkers more aggressive and upset than usual pulled me over um she's pulled me over multiple times um and i'm fairly strong um so um that's yeah. Influencing definitely influences my, I don't know, the, the way I interact with her. I'm not afraid of her. I'm more, I'm afraid of falling down. She's never hurt me or anything, never bitten me or anything like that. Yeah. I'm looking at the, <clears throat> I'm looking at the video now. Um, so pistols, the dog's name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. It seems like yeah, we're very reactive. Uh, you have a is that a gentle leader or is that a muzzle? It's a gentle leader. Okay, got it. So, with the gentle leader, um, that gives me a pretty good level of control. I mean, she she hasn't pulled me over recently. Okay. Um, I how much obedience have you done with pistol? Quite a bit. I mean, if there's not another dog around, she's quite responsive. Sit, stay, heal. She's doing pretty good with heal. She, you know, she does well. Okay. Yeah, I'm just watching this video. So the neighbors across the street, she is actively barking, uh, mm -hmm. whining, and you are in your driveway. She's lunging at the end of the leash. Mm -hmm. um, she's postured up. Her tail is going pretty stimulating. Yep. Um, she's pretty fired up here. And then you're saying leave it. Um, you have a dog tray. Is that what I'm looking at? A what? Uh, do you have an e-collar? Yes. Yes. Okay. What, what do you have? You have like a dog tray or something. What kind of a dog tray? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know the model number. I know we can pager and nicker. I mean, those are the two. Yeah. We have, up until recently, I don't think we ever nicked her, but she's regressed. One of the other things she does is we made huge progress in terms of her not 
when she came to us, she would literally plaster herself against the window at the front of the house. Mm. And we worked on that a lot, and she she improved. But um, she's regressed in the last couple of weeks, and I think it's because of this. It started with the dog across the street being back, um, staying with our neighbors, and him going up and down the street and she was regressed right back to the really aggressive i mean she literally puts both paws far you know yeah. up on those up on the hind legs i think i think you should you should move to a she's she's not really that responsive to your leash pressure Mm-mm. so when she reacts and you're kind of cranking on the the collar or the leash there she's really not she doesn't she she's you're more yeah, I would suggest maybe either a slip leash or a prong collar, um, something that's going to give you a little bit more control because every time that you touch that leash, she's just unresponsive to it. Mm-hmm. Is- when there's another when there's another dog around, when there's not another dog around, she's she's responsive. But when there's another dog, and in my strategy, frankly, Tom has been to just avoid other dogs. I mean, I take yeah. her for a good long walk in the morning, but it's in an area that's like a a prairie, so there's a lot of room for me to move around and avoid other dogs and owners. Um, yeah, and I don't, and and I I would probably do the same if I were you, but um, I'd also like to work on this. So this is this is something that uh, she's she's pretty reactive. Uh, she's you know at the end of the leash she's barking, she's lunging, but I'm just what I I'm noticing the handling that that you're doing, and there's a couple different things is the unresponsiveness to the leash pressure when it matters. So when you're, because you're you're giving pretty solid corrections there, but it's not it's not really decreasing any of the build, and it's not really snapping her out of what you need to get her out of. She, she goes right into this crazed mode, and and you know she doesn't hear, see, feel anything. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I would suggest make maybe switching over to a a prong collar or something like that that can give you a little bit more control, and work with something more that she's gonna care about just i mean it's fine to avoid there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's not going to fix the problem and as you're seeing here in this video if you do run into the neighbor's dog or any other dog for that reason or that matter it's going to be a challenge i I just don't want you to have to work so hard at something that could be a lot easier for you and i think one of the big pillars into this is the the lack of the just the lack of um response yeah there's the responsiveness she's just it's it's the attention but it's also how worked up she gets so you kind of look at it like a graph like this like she's going she's going up like this and Mm -hmm. you're not able to really get her off of that and that's you just need something to 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 do i mean we can talk about counter conditioning and her heel and all that stuff but she's getting so locked in and i think once she starts to climb that kind of that reactivity you know thing where she's going up like that i think you need something that's going to give you a little bit more control and i don't think that the gentle leader is gonna is well it's not i don't i'm looking it's not working um that's what i would recommend Mm -hmm. because there's a part right at there's multiple parts but a part in specific that i'm looking at is at 237 she's locked in at the other dog you have 
pretty solid pressure on her. You know, you're ready to to give her a correction, and all you can do is just move her head, slide her to the other side. And what I would want you to do is just be more precise than that. Just leave it. Correction. Hey, leave it. And you right now, you're man. There's you're you're putting too much physical pressure on her. Is my mm-hmm. point. You're kind of manhandling her around, and she's so you're 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 using too much force to to kind of maneuver her around where she's not responsive. So you're pulling really hard on the um on the uh, the what you call it there, and the yeah, the gentle leader, and it's not it's she's not responsive to it. So that's why mm-hmm. you as you as a human want to. You want to over. You're trying to overpower her, but she's not responding to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, I think you should be using precision over power. So I'm all for that, boy. <laughs> do you? Do you? Can you grab the the actual collar that comes with your e collar so I can see what you have? Sure. Okay. It looks like the 280C. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So that has a that has a nice pager on it. So if you look at your your unit, yep. you'll have a pager which is the vibrate. And, and ha- that's what that's what we've been using All right. almost exclusively. Okay. Has has that worked for deactivation or no it does um except (laughs) like i said in the last couple weeks she seemed to get significantly more locked in on these dogs going by but up until then and if i my office is downstairs if i'm upstairs here working or gary is my husband's up here working Mm -hmm. Um, and we're in the same room with her where she's looking out the window, she'll growl, um, you know, and I can hear it. So when I hear that, I'll give her a page to remind her. Mm -hmm. And that does seem to work. And then I'll, I'll tell her, you know, once the dog goes by or whatever, I'll say, leave it. And, uh, and, and she'll, she'll, she'll walk away and I'll give her a treat. Okay. That's good. I would, um, that's good. I mean, that, that, that works, that, that's, that's useful. I would just, again, really make sure that, um, I, okay. I was just curious because that, that pager really helps deactivate things. But I would say outside is I think you should just switch to a prong collar and see how that works. Okay. So when I walk her in the morning in the park, I put her on a long lead. Yeah. It's about 16 feet or so. Um, so she can run around mm-hmm. and get a good amount of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably, would I use the prong collar in that situation or not? No. I mean, the, the prong collar is, is your power steering where you need it most. Be, and the reason why I'm suggesting the prong collar is that the prong collar was specifically invented to help dog owners have more control without more physical pressure. So, mm. like like I said, if you rewind that window that video and see how much pressure you're applying, 
and how much you're you're pulling the dog around and and it's not effective because your goal is because in that video essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to place the dog in a different position you're yanking the dog to one side yanking the dog the other side really what a correction should look like is the dog almost is in the same position you're just snapping like that Mm -hmm. and you're just snapping uh to to correct the dog for the for the behavior instead of pull the dog out of the situation because you're just you're putting you know so much power into what you're doing and you're just pulling the dog around and i think what you should do is again work on the precision over power so you should just be doing those quick little pops on the collar and correcting the dog for the behavior to discourage it instead of yanking the dog around from side to side so i've got a prong collar here i don't know if it's yeah it's a good one it's a good one yep okay you got to make sure it's it's fit properly, though. It needs to go right behind uh, his ears, or okay. her ears. Is that what you said? Sorry, pistol. Yeah. What? Her. <laughs> to her. Her. Okay. Uh, so you just want to make sure that that's fit right behind her ears. So a lot of times, just like you know, any equipment really, it doesn't matter what you're using. Um, if if the prong collar is not fit properly, or any other collar is not fit properly, it's just not going to work for you. So if it's hanging down and it's low and it's not in the right position. That's Should it be like snug. Yes. I mean, s- snug. You know, not not tight, but snug. Tight, but but when you pull it snug, but then when you pull on it, it's gonna. Yeah, exactly. You need that triangle. So I have a prong right here. I'll show you that triangle that's on the prong collars has to has to basically activate. So you'll know your prong is too tight. Is if when you go to give it pressure, you can't give it any pressure because it's this tight. So when you're you want to make sure you kind of have have this slinking action going on and then with the shepherd because they have two coats you want to kind of readjust it every every now and then but the the prong is going to be that power steering that you could be using when you're out just because watching that video if you had the prong collar on i think that she would be way more sensitive to that on those corrections and Mm -hmm. then you should be countering that and i always say counter you should be giving the dog an alternative thing so the question, so, okay, what do you want your dog to do differently? Well, I want my dog to, you know, come or recall or heal or whatever. In that situation, you're basically just battling with her back and forth. She goes, I want the dog. You go, you pu- you're pulling the dog back. You can't have the dog. Yeah, but I want the dog. You can't have the dog. The dog moved again. Nope, you can't have the dog. And what I want you to do is correct the dog for doing something maybe that they shouldn't be doing, like breaking a heel or breaking a sit or whatever but you have to start deactivating that build as it starts to rise and i think right now with the equipment you have is you're putting so much pressure and so much power into your handling and it's very ineffective that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's what i would do is make sure that your e-collars or i'm sorry your prong collars fit properly and when you go out i would start working on your engagement with the dog when you're out So when you go out, you want to make sure that she's paying attention to you. She's engaged with you. She's looking at you. Um, All that stuff is really important um, when you're out. Because if if she's already not paying attention to you or she's um, disengaged with you or what have you, you're going to have a hard time getting her back in. She She does engage, again, when she's not... She's a very insecure dog, and she... she, um, she engages in the house, you know, well. Outside on the street, she does pretty well. Um, 
but again, it has to do with, you know, who else is out walking their dog and that kind of thing. So to improve her engagement, like out on the street, because I think we live on a relatively short street and I think there's about 12 dogs and about 10 of them are, are not trained. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for, Hmm. um, problems to occur. So how do I improve her ability to engage when there's chaos going on around us? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's a good question. Well, I think you have to be realistic with your expectations with her. If you're out and there's other dogs that are off leash, then you just unfortunately either have to have that conversation with your neighbors or you need to walk her in a different environment because that's not realistically fair for any dog, no matter how Mm -hmm. well they're trained. You got a bunch of off leash dogs circling you like sharks. That's not going to be fair. So there's that. The other thing is... is They they tend not to be off leash. I mean, people are pretty good about that around here. So that's where your obedience then comes in is, you know, when you're entering the reality of having other dogs around barking back at you um, or not. I mean, it didn't look like that doodle. It looked like uh, was caring at all about you guys. So, yeah, yeah. he's completely oblivious. Yeah. And that's good. Um, But again, like you just have to make sure that when you're when you're doing all of this, that you understand your healing patterns um, and you're disengaging. But I think the reality is, is you have a, you know, I work with a lot of reactive dogs and I think some dogs are more challenging than others. Actually, I know some dogs are more challenging than others. And so if you have a more challenging dog, you have to have better obedience. And when you're out with your particular dog and there's other dogs out, those are just like a video game or, um, like any, like anything else in life. It's just a, it's just a test and it's a test for you guys. And if you're not ready for that test and you haven't studied enough and you don't really know what to do and you don't, you don't have that curriculum to work on, then you're going to fail because you just, you're not set up for that. So I think having other dogs in the neighborhood is a reality that every single person in the world has to face at some point. But some dogs are going to be more challenging to to go through that with. And if you have a more challenging dog, that just means you have to be a better handler and your training has to be better. And that's that's my suggestion is is that is you ha- you just have to be you you have to tighten up your your obedience. And if your heel isn't great, then you're not going to be able to go out and get your dog to heal for long periods of time around a bunch of distractions. Um, and, and just your leash pressure right now isn't, I think right now when she sees another dog, she just deactivates everything about you. She just, you know, she just doesn't care. Um, so that's important. So we get in that situation. Um, I've got a prong collar on her. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can see she's cycling up. Um, your suggestion is to, let's say I had her on a heel, um, is to give her a pop um, with the prong collar and keep right on motoring. Well, I think not necessarily, no. I I, I don't think that that's what I want you to do. But when watching this video in your driveway, when she's coming off at the end of the leash and bouncing on her two back legs and you're pulling her from one side of your body to the other side of the body and she just doesn't care about it, I think mm-hmm. that you should be, again, using, if you had a prong collar and you were using it properly, say your say your power that you were using was a level 10, I think with a prong collar, if used in the in the right way, you, you can be toning that down to like a two. 
Like, so you should be correcting her for not listening to your obedience. Because again, when you're outside and she reacts, if you don't have obedience, it's going to be leave it and you're basically just punishing her for reacting. And as soon as she calms down, you're rewarding her. It's very simple operant conditioning. Yes and no, good and bad. You're teaching her how to behave, essentially. But there's all sorts of different things that we like to do alternatively to that or proactively to that, which would be teaching her to do something different. So teaching her, asking her to heal or teaching her to leave it or teaching her to focus or doing a directional change and keeping her engaged, working on your motivation with her, maybe get a ball out, get a tug out, trying to get her kind of distracted from the environment. But I think at the end of the day, like if you don't have good obedience with her, then you're going to have to rely on avoidance, which you're already doing, but that's not of course going to fix the problem. She looks like the type of dog that if you did actually get through to her and teach her that the reactivity is bad and her reacting like that is, is not a, is not okay. Then I think what you can do is, is actually get over the things that you're working on. She just doesn't know how to behave. So if you go out and she reacts and you say, leave it and you correct her with the prong and you're using half the force that you use with the gentle leader. I think she's going to get the picture pretty quick. And then when the dog passes or the dog is still around, you can then pay her and say, hey, good, leave it, good job, and let her know that that's how you want her to behave. So it's not necessarily going out and then correcting her if she barks. That's part of it because, of course, we're trying to encourage or discourage behaviors. So if we went out and the dog did something we liked, we would say, hey, good job, and we'd mark it. We'd say, "Good, that's good, good sit or good down, and we'd pay mm-hmm. the dog. But on the other end of the spectrum, when a dog is misbehaving, you have a couple different options. One of those options is to avoid. That's the easiest way to get out of situations, but it certainly doesn't help anything long term. Um, it just it just avoids the situation, right? It's like your problems. You just if you hide from them, they never get done. It accumulates. So when you're out, I would just I would suggest be more assertive, more precision based with your handling. So you're asking her to heal. So what I typically do, and you'll see this on my videos on a tune-up, is I'll move forward with the dog and I'll stop and then bang, bang. I'll add a little bit of correction backwards. And immediately the dog looks at me and goes, what? And and then that's when I have them. Boom, it's over. So um, say that again. Um, so you're moving forward. The dog starts to react. You give him two pops. Yeah, it's a stop. Yeah, it's called it's called a red light, green light. So essentially, what you're doing is you're moving forward to keep the dog into a heel. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, pistol heel, and I I move forward. Now, if the dog just completely ignores me and just tries to run away from me, they're going to get corrected for that behavior pretty immediately when they pass that threshold. Mm-hmm. So. Two pops and then... Well, well, I mean, that's just... I say it could be 100 pops. shouldn't be. It could be one pop. I'm just saying, right bang, right there in the beginning. Nope. Bad. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Because typically dogs are so used to... Typically, if you put a dog at the end of the leash, they are dragging you. They're Mm -hmm. just... Boop, they're gone. So, you know, my suggestion always for people is to make sure that your dog is actually paying attention to you, is actually engaged with you, actually understands the game here. And if, unless you teach your dog that separately, it's it's going to be difficult for you to get their attention because they're not used to paying attention to their owners. They're just not. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say nine, nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10, dogs do not listen to their owners. They, they're at the end of the leash and their dogs are in front of them. They're out to pee and poop and sniff and they're back in. And they're like, all right, now what do we do? There's no mm-hmm. engagement. There's no listening. There's no obedience. There's no structure. It's just, I love you. I love you back, but I don't listen to you and I don't respect you. Now, if you have a dog that's reactive, that obviously is not a good recipe to go out and have control. So mm-hmm. you get you get pistol out. 
she goes, ah, and she starts freaking out. And you're just, again, you're kind of pulling her around. She's not really learning anything because she's not getting punished for anything either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's not really, she doesn't really. So the way that if you go back and look at that video, she yeah. is not. Good, good. Like, there's no correction involved there. Yeah. She knows you're upset because of how much pressure and your your vocalization to her, but she's a correction is supposed to be very meaningful right in the beginning. Hey, and that's three you know that's three minutes of her just dragging you around. So, okay. So, um. All right, so what you're suggesting is I we use the prong collar that I become a lot more. Well, I think you need to create more engagement on the leash. I think like that stop and go I was telling you about, it's called like a red light, green light. You, mm-hmm. you need to create some sort of engagement. Like when you change directions and you go the other way, she should be following you. Mm-hmm. When you stop, she should stop and look at you and go, now what? Like that's what you need, and 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 it. But here's you don't you don't need that all the time. You don't have to have that all the time. But if you don't have that, then what's the alternative? Well, if you don't have that engagement when you need it, then you don't your dog doesn't listen to you. Mm-hmm. So if you go out and you say pistol heel, and she just keeps walking, and you stop, and then you're like, okay, you're trop- You don't you don't matter. You know what I mean? There's no connection there. Mm-hmm. So when she sees a dog, that's probably why she's 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 taking the leash. You know, she's like, okay, I'm going to handle this because, and that's why. Again, if you go back and look at that video, she doesn't. I don't think she looks at you once. All no. she sees is the other dog. She doesn't yeah. care. You're pulling, you're yanking. She doesn't care about any of that, and you're putting so much pressure. And I think you just need to work on your precision and and do a more successful correction instead of you know, dragging her around the, the parking lot there. And I think you just get yourself a, a safety clip on that prong to make sure that she's du- she's backed up. And that's what you should be doing is creating more engagement. So yeah, putting the prong collar on because it's going to help you with engagement. But it's also going to, the prong collar is going to help you eliminate all the physical pressure you're giving her. There's, um, I think you saw on your website, the safety little, clip, the safety clip and yeah. you, you it, like she has a martingale on clip it to that clip it to the martingale and put the other end of the safety clip on your leash yeah on on the leash or on the on the leash okay. so your leash will have a, a carabiner on it to clip to your prong right say that again your leash the end of your leash has a clip right yeah. That's what you put your safety clip on. So you put your safety clip, one end goes on your leash, the other end goes on your martingale, and then you hook your leash to your prong collar. Got it. So if okay. you if you pop the prong collar off, she's still attached because one of it's on your leash and the other end's on your martingale. Got it. And when Got you're it. working with a very powerful big dog like that with prong collars and things like that that can come unbuckled, you always want to make sure you have a safety. We actually, in our facility, you don't you can't buy a prong without it. It's mandatory. It comes in the price. Hmm. We used to just offer it and then, you know, things happen and we're like, okay, that's not happening again on our, on our hands. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, 
Do you have any questions? No. Um, so a couple things. One, I need to quit avoiding other dogs all the time. <laughs> well, that's all. I, I think but for first, I think what I hear you saying is I need to do more leash work with her. Yeah. Um, well, your leash she... is your communication. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you better your communication, the better, the, the more sense you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Right. So my, my always suggestion is to that is if you look at that video of the two minutes and change. Oh, I have, you know, I've heard that video many times. <laughs> and it's like, there's not good, there's not good communication there, mm-hmm. you know? So I, yes, I would suggest going back down to the basics on the leash and really fine tune that and really make sure that she is attentive to you. She's looking mm-hmm. at you when you turn, she turns, when you stop, she stops. And Yeah. Yeah. And do I use treats to reinforce the behavior? You can. If she's mm-hmm. if she's food motivated, absolutely. But don't let mm-hmm. it get in your way. You know, mm-hmm. like don't don't oh I got you know, you're tripping over yourself to get to your treat bag. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's very important to reward a dog when they do something right for the fir- especially for the first time. That's like your aha moment. Um so absolutely you should be rewarding her and paying her, but um you know, don't let it get in your way. That's all. Okay. So in the, and then if we do encounter another dog, aggressive or otherwise, mm-hmm. I'll have a prong collar on and use that to get her attention and divert. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think again, um, it's hard for me to say exactly what's going to happen, but I can tell you seeing the handling that was going on there. Yeah. The prong collar is going to be way safer and way more effective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Should we continue to use the, the, the e-collar? Well, yeah, I think, you know, every, every tool has a different, you know, has a different, has a different purpose. So it just depends on how you're using the remote collar and what you want to use with it. Um, if you, you know, if you show up to a job site and one tool works great for this and the other tool works great for something else, I think you can use them both. Um, I also think the e-collar, if you work on it long enough, can help you um, with, you know, maybe some of the stimulation levels on the e-collar can help desensitize and, and not desensitize, but uh, decrease some of that build as well. But that's a whole different uh, conversation. Um, so I think if you're using the e-collar for some off-leash uh, discouragement, I think I would con- you know continue to do that because it's been working for you. And um, and and typically, like if you have an e-collar and a prong collar set up on a dog, the prong collar is going to be your on-leash controlling unit, especially if you have a reactive, powerful dog. I'm not talking about in general. I'm just saying if you're going to use both of those and then the off leash is going to be for holding the dog accountable with the remote collar, then, um, you would use them both, you know, at the same time, just like you did with the general leader, you have the general leader on and you also have the, um, yeah, the, uh, whatchamacallit on. I haven't, um, I haven't really let her off leash yet. Um, frankly, because I was concerned that, you know, down in the park, there's lots of times when there's nobody around, but 
you know, I worry that that would be just the time when some other dog would come up on us and, you know, it would be a disaster. So I've, I've kept her on the leash all the time. I mean, that would be my ultimate goal to be able to, she's very responsive to coming when there's not another dog around. And, yeah. you know, that my ultimate goal to get to that because I think she'd be a lot happier. Um, yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I would just suggest, you know, like the, um, the e-collar stimulation and off-leash is, is a completely different thing. I and and um, I am coming out with a e-collar course, should be out soon. Um, definitely this month, uh, should be within the next week, week and a half. So that's going to be a good course for anybody that's interested in how to use the stimulation as an off-leash tool um, to, to help the introduction phases. But, um, that is, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely great tool to get a dog off leash so they can exercise and they can be a dog and they can, um, do all the dog stuff, you know? Um, but right now you're using the pager as a discouragement for the grumbles inside, which I think is as long as it works, that's fine. Um, I'm really big on what works, but if you're not, is it more to discourage escalation? You know, when you hear her growl, you know, I'll pop her and just remind her, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is if 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 she yeah. does growl and you use it and it, and, and it it breaks that, that's great. I would continue to to do that. Um, but as far as like the stimulation goes and using the levels, that's where it takes a little bit more finessing and and getting into that uh, for sure. Is there? Um, I've watched multiple of your videos. Um, on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, is there like a library of your videos? You know, because like for example, I'd like to go in and see the ones you've done on leash training, and you yeah. know, I don't. How is that? Yeah, work? if you go to if you go to my my YouTube channel, there's a playlist. There's there's playlists, and the playlists will um, point you in the right direction. There's e collar. There's proper prong collar. There's leash leash reactive, leash aggressive videos. You can also go to my YouTube channel and just search like leash aggressive German Shepherd. You'll find probably twenty videos. Mm-hmm. So there is playlists and there is a searchable bar at the top of the channel as well to look at those uh, things that you're specifically looking for. Okay. Well, I'd like to try the prong collar and see how we do with it. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Um, <clears throat> like I said, just judging by the whole situation, um, work on more engagement on the leash, but also considering your handling on the leash, uh, the prong collar is definitely going to be more of a precision tool instead of just kind of powering through, you know, powerhousing through stuff. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I don't want to tackle this now, but we have a cat in the house, and that's a whole other story. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, is going to be using your, your e-collar as your, your recall system with the stimulation. And that's where, the when the course comes out, it goes over. Basically, the new course is going to be the proper introduction of the remote collar. And the way that we do it is we teach the place and the recall with the remote and just kind of gives the people an idea of how it should be done. So that'll be right up your alley for that once that Hmm. comes out. Yeah. That would be really helpful. For sure. Okay. Anything else? 
Any other suggestions? No, I think you'll see huge improvements um, other than, you know, getting the, uh, the safety clip. I think you'll see huge improvements with just the more control. I mean, a lot of times that is a deal breaker as far as I think you're, I think you know what you need to do. You need to discourage the dog from freaking out when they are, but right now you just don't have the leverage to get through to her when she gets that reactive. And I think using the prong collar will really help with that. Okay. All right. Well, I would reserve the option to set up another call with you once we've worked on this for a while and see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I would, I would do the same thing. You know, it's always helpful to see the videos. So um, if you do start using the prong and, um, you know, you still need to fine-tune some things, just take that video and send it over before your, uh, your scheduled time, and that way I can look at it. Because that's really helpful. I was able to see exactly where you were handling wrong and again like having that powerful dog come up on his come up on her back two feet and react and you just pull her around and then she does it immediately after tells me she doesn't care about what you're saying she doesn't care at all it's just yeah it's going right over her so i think the prong collar will you know get her attention and really help you out um and it'll be like i said precision over power yeah sounds great (laughs) Hmm. okay cool well good luck guys and uh, thanks for signing up. My pleasure. Okay, Thank take, you. Take, thanks for your help. You're welcome, guys. Take care. Good luck. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. And the first question that we're going to go into is Mama Norton. I've been watching Tom's YouTube videos, following on Instagram, and listening to the podcast for quite some time, and his training information provides invaluable. It's a process, and I always learn something new. I can't wait for him to come out to L.A. so I can take his in-person classes. I'm doing that in the fall, going on tour. It's going to be exciting. Question. I not only have a reactive, excitable Aussie, but a very vocal one as well. My suggestion or my suggestion on how to work with him being quiet is when somebody comes to the door, we come home. Um, any suggestion on how to work with this? Well, I think the most important thing is, is just don't overreact. So if your dog is reactive and vocally and vocalizing and getting crazy on the leash, um, you have to make sure that um, you don't, uh, you know, freak out. So when they come home and they're like, hey, I'm so excited to see you and blah, blah, blah. You don't do anything. You got to disengage. Uh, don't react back to the dog. Um, one thing that I have found uh, helpful is getting the dog to do something actively. So if you come home and your place commands in the other room, you can say, hey, dog, go to your place and down and stay. And then maybe go to the cookie jar and bring over a, a treat for them to do that. Um, so that's what I would recommend is make sure that you mirror what you want your dog to be. So if you come in crazy, your dog is likely going to get overly stimulated. And that means everybody for the family, kids, spouse, etc. You come home and you're calm and you're cool and you almost ignore your dog until they calm down. That'll be very helpful for you guys moving forward. All right, you guys, next question, Jamie Forrest. The best dog training podcast by a mile. Thank you so much. I've learned so much about dog behavior and training, listening to this podcast and watching Tom's YouTube channel, and I've listened to other dog training podcasts, and this really is the one worth listening to. It's also really great for multiple episodes, uh, reliability coming out every week. Question, I have a seven-month-old standard schnauzer, puppy, male, not fixed yet. So seven-month-old standard schnauzer, intact. His obedience is really good and our relationship is solid. I practice obedience, healing, stay for a long duration and in recall with him every day. That's good. One behavioral thing that he does that really annoys me is that I haven't been able to to change is that he wakes up every morning around 6 a.m. and starts barking in his crate. I've tried letting him bark it out even an hour or more and I also randomize how much time I let him bark before waking up. That's good. Uh, and take, I can tell you listen to the podcast. 
I don't think any of this behavior has anything to do with him needing to go out to go potty because it's always starts at the same time every day, regardless of the potty break, etc. How do I get him this to be content uh, and in the crate until I <laughs> am ready to wake up and take him out? First thing I would suggest is putting him as far away as you can in the other room. I think, um, I don't know the context of this. If he's in your room, that's a problem. Um, so that's the first thing is I would put him into the other room. Because to be, to be completely honest with you, if you have a seven-month-old dog that is just barking to be obnoxious and to be a puppy and doesn't have to go out and go potty and they're just wanting to wake you up or they just want attention or they're just teaching, they're training you, like the baby the baby that's uh, crying type of thing. Um, if you put them in the other room and don't even know that they're barking, then it's pretty much on your terms. Um, that doesn't always work, but that is something because how long can you actually go having the dog bark at 6am if you wake up on the weekends at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or something? I mean, that's, you can only go for an hour or so. Um, you know, the other, the other thing is, is in the future, you can try certain bark collars that do the vibrations. I think that that's also very helpful. Um, and again, this is, this is something that should only be applied for anybody out there that's actually working with like a bratty dog. That's just saying, Hey, get the hell up. I want to go outside or I want attention. I think using that, um, that pager, uh, Dogtra makes a nice one. Um, you could just look it up. I think it's the, I think it's just Dogtra IQ vibe. And all it is, is it's a vibrating collar, um, that has an audible speaker on it. So if a dog barks, it, it goes off. Um, that's what I would recommend. Um, so at night, maybe popping that on. And if he barks the first thing in the morning, that happens. Um, I wouldn't suggest that for those of you who are listening for every single dog that's barking out there because they might be barking for different reasons. But again, under the context, under the circumstances of having a seven month old dog that just says, Hey, get your ass up. I want to go out and pee and poop or get your ass up. I don't really have to go potty, but I want to see you or get your ass up. I want to go and be a dog. Um, you just got to be careful how much the dog controls and demands you. So that would be my recommendation in the beginning. And, uh, let's see how that goes. All right, guys, last one, hockey God 92 great podcast. I've been training my own dogs for over 40 years and still learning something new with every single podcast and video Mondays and Wednesdays are my favorite days. Congratulations on having recognizable brand, a great testament to hard work. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, the lady Abby. Oh, cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hockey God. Um, that's great. I'm, this is the person that ran into my videographer slash photographer uh, in the area that we live in. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a funny story. She was walking her dog, and her, and um, I think this individual was walking her two or three dogs, and um, they were just kind of talking. And she said, "Oh, do you watch Tom Davis's videos?" And it was cool because it was my videographer and editor, which pretty much lives with me. So it was just funny. So anyway, thank you guys so much for the support. I appreciate you so much. Uh, if you want me to answer your specific dog training questions, go to the iTunes review chart and leave your questions in the review. Talk to you next time. Bye. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.